Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Welcome, future doctors, to this podcast episode where I am delighted to finally be sharing some tips and tricks to help you succeed in your chemistry college courses. As some of you already know, general chemistry is one of the first courses that many pre-med students take in college. If you took chemistry or AP chemistry in high school, general chemistry might not seem so bad. There might be a lot of familiar concepts and you might already have a leg up. But if you have never taken a chemistry course before, it can feel overwhelming. There's a lot of new information and concepts to memorize and a lot of new types of problems to solve. Unfortunately, chemistry courses in college are commonly considered weeder courses. In other words, they are considered challenging enough that a lot of students end up getting discouraged by them and giving up on their dreams of becoming doctors because of it. And even worse, general chemistry and organic chemistry are some of the major reasons that minority students drop off the pre-med path. But if you're here, you know that we don't want you to give up on your dreams of becoming a doctor. We want you to push forward and succeed. So here we are. We want you to succeed in your chemistry classes. Today, I've invited two special guests to join me. They are teaching assistants or TAs for organic chemistry at the University of Utah. That means that they took chemistry not too long ago, and they did well enough to be invited to help teach other students as teaching assistants. Welcome, Anna and Harini. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Dr. Kapoor. Of course. Let's see. Anna, can you briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. My name is Anna Tang, and right now I'm a fourth year at the University of Utah. I'm planning to graduate next semester, so that would be spring of 2023 with a uh, major in applied mathematics and a minor in chemistry. And I'm also a pre-med student. Amazing. Thank you. And Harini, can you briefly introduce yourself as well? Of course. Thank you for having us on. I'm Harini. I actually graduated with a degree in biochemistry. Um, I briefly minored in psychology. And right now I'm in my gap year between applying to med school in the next cycle. Excellent. All right. So two pre-meds. And you have taken the path down into the depths of chemistry and organic chemistry, and you survived. So you're here to share (laughs) with other students how they can not just survive, but really succeed as well. Okay, so I'd love to pick your brains and ask some questions that will help our listeners to understand how they can succeed, specifically in general chemistry to start off with. And so first of all, chemistry is not always the funnest class to take. I think many people feel that way. You have to memorize facts about the elements. You have to memorize and understand how to work with chemical formulas. You have to learn about different types of bonds and reactions. Why is it important to take time to develop a good foundation in general chemistry? A good foundation is going to really lay the groundwork for future courses that you might take, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're probably going to apply for medical school or you're pre-med. So that means eventually along the way, you'll be taking organic chemistry and biochemistry. And so you're going to need a lot of those concepts like bond formation or favorable and unfavorable reactions and also orbitals. (laughs) Yeah. Any thoughts, Harini, on that one? Yeah. Honestly, Anna couldn't have said it better. 
And having taken the MCAT my first time a couple months ago, I realized my mistake was not studying enough of general chemistry. It comes to bite you in your back when you are taking the MCAT or studying for it later on. So I'm in my retake journey right now, and I'm definitely planning on re-going and studying through the topics again. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you were surprised with how much chemistry there was on the MCAT. Is that right? Oh, yeah. There were plenty, especially in the chemistry and physics section. Gotcha. So when a course feels new and overwhelming, there can be a temptation to focus on memorization and not really take the time to understand the concepts or the, you know, the ideas underlying the concepts um, or why you apply certain rules to certain problems. Do you think it's important or helpful to try to understand the why behind chemistry? Um, Is it really worth the effort? Because that can sometimes take extra effort. You know, I really like that question because everything has a story behind how you learn things and the why is the driving force. And at least how I like to teach my students is if you can understand the why behind the chemistry or why a molecule is reacting a certain way, everything will end up clicking and you'll end up acing your exam because you're understanding instead of memorizing. I think... I couldn't have said it better. Like Harini really, really said a really good phrase there. Understanding instead of memorizing. Because if you're memorizing something, like a lot of times when I'm just straight up memorizing facts, I'll forget them later, you know. And like I said before, you're going to need to know these things in later courses. And really understanding the content is going to help you a lot. So that brings up an interesting question which by the way is off the cuff, but if you can come up with a response for this, this is great. Where can students go to try to understand the underlying concepts or the why behind something? Because sometimes that's not necessarily emphasized or it's not necessarily clear. So if a student is having trouble and they're tempted to just memorize something, but they really do want to understand it deeper, where can they go? Where can they turn? You know, I will take this opportunity to definitely praise your TAs because your TAs are there to help you and understand the why. And if you're at a point where you really just need to memorize the material and you're at a point where you think cramming might be better, I highly recommend reaching out to your TAs because chances are they've been in the same shoes as you and they found a way to understand the why to teach you that same material. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Another question for you. Some students can get really frustrated when they see that concepts click really quickly for someone else or for another student, but not for them. What would you say to a student who seems to be struggling more or taking longer to master certain concepts and is getting frustrated with that? Well, it certainly can be very frustrating, but I like to remind students, and sometimes I like to remind myself in my courses, that it's really not a race or a competition. In the end, the class and all the resources are there for your own learning purposes. So while it may feel a little disheartening to see that other people are getting concepts faster than you are, definitely make use of your resources and, and remind yourself that it, it doesn't say anything about like your value or how well you learn. Maybe this is just a hard concept for you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Anything to add to that, Harini? Yeah. And I'd like to add imposter syndrome is a real thing and it's 100% normal in college. And that's not to say that it's easy, but you have to understand that feeling like you're not being able to do a subject. Let me backtrack. Imposter syndrome 
is a real thing in college. And in fact, I took a course where I learned 70% of college students, especially women in STEM, feel imposter syndrome. And by feeling this, they don't perform as well and they start comparing themselves to their classmates and their peers. And my suggestion is to believe in yourself, reach out to the class resources, like Anna said, and especially trust your TAs and your professor. I love that. And thank you for bringing that point up about imposter syndrome, because I think it's true that the vast majority of us do experience that at one point or another. And when we encounter a really difficult class or just something completely new to us, like can happen in chemistry, um, we can definitely go down that path of comparing ourselves to others and wondering why is it easy for other students? And am I the only one that's not getting it? just feeling alone. And that drives us into isolation sometimes because we feel like we are the only imposter in the room. We are the ones that don't belong there. We're the ones that are never going to figure it out and are never going to get to medical school and whatever, (laughs) whatever else happens. That does remind me of another question I had as well, which is that, you know, sometimes, in fact, I remember when I was taking chemistry, it started out feeling okay, like, okay, I, I can do this. I can figure it out. And then the first test came and I didn't do as well as I wanted. And then I just, you know, I kept just kind of struggling on my own. And it wasn't until kind of the very end or like really close to a test that I would get in that desperation mode and think, oh my gosh, I I need help. So how can students prevent getting to that point? Like I did, you know, the end of the quarter, the end of the semester, all of a sudden you're in disaster mode and you don't know what to do. And of course, you know, I didn't want to reach out to my TAs like the night before an exam because that's not kind to them. So how can students learn how to reach out early, basically? What can they do or should they be reaching out early to their TAs? I think this is a really, really important question to ask and also bring attention to because a lot of people, myself included, um, have felt scared of asking for help from TAs or teachers. They might think like, oh no, what if I ask this question and the TA or the teacher thinks or the professor thinks that I don't understand the concept at all or I don't know what's going on. And so they really just try to power through it on their own. But I think that, you know, realizing that it's difficult is is a good first step. And I also think that being proactive about preparation and doing the work that's required is also a good step. But Know that your professors and your TAs really are there for you. And we really want to help you. Like when I hold office hours and I get a lot of people coming to my office hours, I feel so happy. I'm like, oh my God, the students, they have questions for me. And if I get no one, I'm like, oh, like nobody wanted to come to my office hours this time. Yeah, I love hearing that from you because I don't think students necessarily realize that most TAs really want students to come (laughs) to office hours. Anything to add to that, Harini? You know, Anna said it so perfect. Honestly, we're, we, us TAs, we're wishing you guys come up with questions, challenge us and, you know, make us think about the subject even more and have us explain things that we never even thought of. And honestly, that's the best way to learn. Yeah. I think sometimes students can fear that if they approach their TAs with questions or they admit that they're completely lost or don't understand something or don't know where to start, that they'll be judged negatively, that the TAs will judge them and think, oh, this student is really dumb or whatever. You know, can you give us your perspective on that? What are you actually thinking as TAs? 
So I have never thought like, oh my gosh, this student is dumb. I honestly, when I have my like student groups that I help through OCHEM, I see them as like my little chemistry children. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to provide them the most resources I can find. And I'm just going to like raise them into full-fledged chemistry students. And I hope they really succeed. And so uh, when someone has a question, I'm always super eager to answer it because I'm seeing them as a student, you know, and these questions are going to help them learn and grow. Similar to what Anna said, honestly, when a student comes up to me, first, I feel scared because I need to make sure I know my chemistry to explain it to them. <laughs> but second, I think of how I was in their shoes and how I would have liked it if a TA could have explained it to me. And that mental, I guess, mindset helps me gauge how I should explain the subjects because how I understand it could be completely different from how they need to understand it for the subject, just because I've been TAing for a couple of years versus them just being thrown into the course a couple of weeks in. Uh-huh. Well, that's really helpful. And I hope that people remember that, that your TAs really are there to help and not to judge. And most of the time, they're eager to help. Now, that does bring up a point, you know, once in a while, I've talked to a student who maybe has a negative experience with a TA, they feel like oh, the TA is just doing it because they have to, or they're overwhelmed with their own schedule, or just they don't seem to be quite that helpful. I know that most college chemistry courses have multiple TAs. So if a student were to have a negative experience with one TA, what would you recommend they do? Can they go to another TA or is there something else they can do? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's fine for students to go to multiple TAs or even reach out to the professor because ultimately the professor wants you to succeed as well. And so all of these resources are there. And I know on a lot of campuses, including the University of Utah's campus, they also have tutoring groups and group study areas for each college and each uh, subject, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anything to add to that, Harini? No, honestly, Anna just covered all the resources. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So we've talked about asking for help. Aside from asking for help, what are some specific strategies that students should use during the course of their chemistry class to help master the material in general? I love this question because I feel like it's very subjective, but there is an objective way to answer it, if that makes sense. And through my experience in college, I felt for chemistry courses, specifically general chemistry, the best way to learn was doing practice questions. And if that meant opening a textbook and going to the end of the chapter and finding the questions for each of those chapters and getting those down, do it. It will take hours, but those hours, like Anna already mentioned, will help build your foundations for courses like OCHEM and Biochem. And ultimately, it's going to make you a better doctor when you're preparing to take the MCAT. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Any ideas, Anna? I would also say that, especially during the era of COVID and hybrid classes, sometimes people end up just watching their classes or their lectures online at like two times speed. I've, I've done that for a few classes. I'm a little guilty of this. But I have realized that, at least for me and um, for a couple of people I've talked to who have been in OCHEM and GenChem, Attending lectures and actually being there for the live lecture is, is so helpful. It's unbelievably helpful because you're there and you're like giving your focus to the professor and the concepts are being explained to you in a way that will help it click 
And also, if you have any questions at that moment, you can always raise your hand and ask the professor. Thanks for sharing all those tips. Now, let's say it's in the middle of the semester and a student is really falling behind or struggling. Maybe they got C's or D's on their midterms, their first few exams. At that point, do you think the student still has hope to improve their grade or pass the class? Or should they just call it quits and give up? Never give up. That would be my biggest tip. And I've been that student. Honestly, I remember back to Gen Chem, my first semester of college, all I got were C's and D's on my midterms. And I remember that exact feeling of, am I even going to pass this class or do I have to retake it? But I pushed through. I pushed through doing problems upon problems. And I had to isolate myself. And that might sound a little lonely to some of you, but I had to sit by myself and really just talk myself through and just kind of give a mental pep talk that you can do this. And Yes, you have the resources, and sometimes you might have to do more around you than your peers, but ultimately that's going to lead you to your success for the course. So don't give up. There's always hope for the grade. I love that. Thank you for sharing that experience, Rainy, because I think it's so important for students to know that they're not alone in struggling in general chemistry. A lot of people struggle in general chemistry. I think I just eked by with a C myself. And, you know, here I am, I'm a doctor today, and it has no bearing whatsoever on how good a doctor I am. So first of all, it's okay. And then just you mentioned the psychological component of just buckling down and doing the work. I think it's so true of a lot of the pre-med courses that it's not really about how smart you are. Everybody can do, anybody can do chemistry. It's really about the psychological perseverance (laughs) of doing it. And so just think of it as an exercise in psychological (laughs) perseverance, in grit, in determination. It's not about getting a certain grade. It's about showing that you have what it takes to push through when things get hard. And that's a skill that you're going to have to have, you know, through medical school and residency and in your career as a physician. So thank you for sharing that story. Anything to add on this question, Anna? Oh, I was just going to say that that is a really good point. It is good to train your psychological grit early because, you know, there's a lot of school ahead for uh, pre-med students, a lot of school, a lot of training. So you really just got to believe in yourself and tell yourself you can do it. Yeah, thank you. All right. What about students? So some students have to balance a full course load with maybe part-time or even full-time work sometimes or family responsibilities or other things they're doing. Do you have any advice for students who are trying to balance a demanding course like chemistry with a lot of other responsibilities? You know, I'm glad you actually asked that question. And Anna and I can attest to this. We talk about this quite a lot during our TA meetings with our professor. And we see a lot of students sometimes taking on more than they can handle. And Sometimes we see them struggle a little bit and it's hard to just say, hey, turn in your work in on time or quit that job or why don't you just go home and do this? And honestly, what we find ourselves saying instead is try to be realistic. Is this something that you can handle or is that extra position, volunteer position, can that wait till the end of the semester? Because chemistry takes a lot of time. It's a lot of understanding. It's a lot of commitment. And sometimes you have to take a step back. And this is one of those points where I'll say you have to be more realistic with your commitment to classes and your other extracurriculars. And, you know, choosing one or the other is not a bad thing. I'm not going to say choosing school over work is bad or work over school is going to be bad. But ultimately, for your success and for your mental health, 
choosing one or the other could be more beneficial. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The bottom line is that learning anything, especially something new, novel, difficult, like chemistry, takes time. You can't just accomplish in one hour what someone else spent four hours doing in general, unless you have very special skills, in which case you don't need this episode. What about you, Anna? Any advice for those students juggling a lot of things? Of course. Yeah. So in the past, I've actually had or talked to a couple of students um, who have been juggling a lot of things and who've had a job, but also some like own experiences in their life that were very stressful for them. And it made it difficult for them to finish the course on time or get everything done on time. But in extenuating circumstances, definitely reach out to the professor and your TAs and see what resources or what things can be done for you. Because a lot of times there are accommodations that can be made for students in certain situations. So don't be scared to reach out and ask for advice uh, because this is not an easy thing to do, you know, and learning chemistry is like learning a whole new language. It will definitely take time and effort. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, definitely. Okay, some schools offer two options for general chemistry, a beginner or a regular option and an accelerated or advanced option. I know that thinking back to my college class, I think that was the case. What's the difference between these and how can a student decide which of those classes is right for them? You know, I remember I signed up late for registration and I actually ended up in the accelerated or the honors program here for chemistry. And I sat there in my class of 40 students and my professor came in and the first day he talked about quantum chemistry. It was very unnerving. I felt like I did not belong there. I did not understand a single word. And I remember feeling like I should have been in the normal version or what people just like to call the gen chem version. And I would like to think that the difference was that one was more in depth of general chemistry than the other. And general chemistry itself, because it has so much more students or so many more students, the professor kind of targets the basics of chemistry, the foundations of chemistry. And where in the class of 40 students, you kind of have intimate conversations about quantum chemistry, thermochemistry, about molecules and interactions, and it kind of gauges your curiosity. So I would say if you're more curious about what's happening and want to have more interesting conversations about chemistry research, I would definitely say take the accelerated track. So that way you have that fast connection with your professor, where if you're learning to learn the chemistry for the MCAT or let's say building your foundations for the rest of college, take general chemistry. And both are equally hard is what I will say. Depending on your curiosity levels, both have different outcomes. Gotcha. So did you end up staying in that class, Serini? Or did you end up switching? Yes, I ended up staying. I ended up falling in love with that class. And that is the reason I switched my major to chemistry. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Well, good for you. Anna, any tips on that? Well, um, I ended up also taking the accelerated version of the general chemistry course at our university. But what I would say is, I think that the accelerated course really, really goes in depth on the why things happen the way that they happen. Um, It gives a lot of context for how atoms uh, exist and react and molecules exist and react. But one tip that I would give to students, and I do this a lot for math classes, is that you can audit a class for a couple of days and you can just sit in on the class, you know, let the professor know beforehand, 
hey, can I audit your class? Can I just sit in? And you can sit in in the beginner, the normal, and the advanced versions of the classes. See what fits most for you and which one you enjoy the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great idea. That way you can really kind of assess whether the speed of the material, the professor's style, the professor's personality, the TAs, all of those, you could determine if those are a good fit for you or which one is the best fit for you. So that's a great idea. We already talked a little bit about kind of the psychology of chemistry, but looking back at a lot of my pre-med courses, including general chemistry, I can now see that a lot of the challenges I faced, like I mentioned, were not entirely academic, but psychological too. What would you say are some of the psychological challenges faced by students taking general chemistry in addition to the imposter syndrome that we discussed already? I am so glad you brought this up. I'm sure both of you can agree as women in STEM, it's incredibly hard to find other women in your chemistry classes, especially or math classes as compared to the other classes offered in college. And it feels like you're kind of pushed off to the side and you kind of have to figure things out by yourself. And it kind of takes a toll because it has taught me at least to keep quiet about my successes, to keep quiet about the right answers that I know are right, but I choose to not raise my hand. And a lot of these carry throughout college. And as you go into the higher level chemistry courses, you'll see less and less women in these fields. Yeah, I can relate to that because I started out as an engineering major in college and I was one of very few women in some of those classes. And ultimately, I chickened out and just did biology. But (laughs) that wasn't easy either. It's, It's an issue that affects a lot of the STEM fields. Anything to add, Anna? Right. That is certainly an experience I've faced as a math major. You know, the ratio in my classes is maybe 25 to 1. <laughs> and I'm the one. I'm just kidding. There's, there's a couple of other um, women in my classes. But yeah, I would say, like, don't let yourself be forgotten about or pushed into the shadows. Really communicate your needs to the instruction team, you know, the professor, your TAs, all of those things. And also, I like to say that like chemistry, learning chemistry, especially if Gen Chem is your introduction to any chemistry, really feels like learning a new language. We've got all these letters, but they don't make words. They make molecules and they react with each other and they make new molecules and there's energy. Like it can be really, really confusing. So make sure you give yourself enough time to learn and also, uh, don't give up. You, you got this. Excellent. Yeah, we can't say that enough times. Like, just don't give up. Even if you end up like failing and having to retake it, honestly, you will have learned from that experience. You're flexing that determination muscle. You're flexing that grit muscle. You're making it stronger. So, you know, even if the worst case scenario happens and you fail, It is not wasted time. You've still learned something and you can build on that to do better next time. Any last pearls of wisdom to share on just generally being successful or as successful as possible in general chemistry? Yes. Don't do it for the grade. Take a deep breath. Know that your hard work will pay off and you will see the end result at the end of the semester. Just take a deep breath because I know a lot of people get freaked looking at that C or D on your midterm, but you got to just take a step back and know that, yes, it's one grade. It's not the entire class. I think what Harini said just about sums it up. This class is for you. You got to make the most of it. Try your best to learn the material. Don't give up. 
And you guys got this. Yeah. And I would, yeah, thank you. Those are wonderful points. And I would just add, you know, if you're just starting out, just go into it with an attitude of curiosity. Sometimes what happens is you've heard bad things about the class and you're dreading it and you're already expecting the worst. And it becomes, you know, fulfillment of whatever prophecy you had. Like if you expect it to be bad, it's more likely that it will be a bad experience. If you go into it, though, you know, without expectations, just saying, you know what, this is new material, I'm going to approach it with an attitude of curiosity and fascination as much as possible, and just learn as much as I can learn, then it kind of takes the pressure off. And it helps you facilitates your learning more if you go into it with that more non judgmental, open attitude. So that's another piece of advice I can throw in there. Thank you so much to both of you, Harini and Anna, for sharing your expertise for success in general chemistry. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and that you've learned many things and that will be helpful on your own journey through general chemistry. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us via our website and check us out on social media. Thanks so much for listening.